Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. We are here for the first episode in our Foodie Trivia Tournament, and we're starting this off with what I can only describe as the... I was going to say the French, the France, and the Italy of food. Um, well, yeah, it kind of is. The, the France and the Italy of food. Two heavyweight hitters coming at you tonight. Let's start off first. Up in Raleigh, North Carolina, Jeff uh, Woodhead, my friend, you did me a solid over the weekend. You took down the the not-so-mighty Miami Hurricanes, and I appreciate that. How are you doing, sir? What are you drinking? Well, you're welcome for that. Um, I am doing okay. Uh, I'm, I've been a bit of a long couple of weeks, but here I am. I'm playing trivia. Things are going pretty well, and you know, I'm kind of feeling a little bit bougie today, I guess. So I am drinking... Uh, the Quinta do Infantado Ruby Port. Ooh. So, um, nice uh, sweet dessert wine. Where, for where is that from? A little recording from Portugal somewhere. <laughs> it's a port, so it had to be Portugal. So I was gonna. I, I'm I'm giving a nod to my sister-in-law. She's Portuguese. Her family is amazing, and Portugal is a very lovely country. Which, by the way surprisingly affordable to travel to and and travel around it's wonderful speaking of wonderful I've always wanted to go there place i've always wanted to go i've been there three times but i have yet to meet her asha yusuf from louisville kentucky how are you doing my friend and what are you drinking tonight i am doing pretty good um you know it's i don't know if we're allowed to say what time when we're recording but it's time change monday so it's a little rough bit of a go um i am if he's being bougie i guess i'm being basic with my white claw but it's cranberry so it's festive for the time Ooh. So we'll see there we go we'll take that we'll take that so i am actually being a combination of boozy and basic tonight um i got myself a bottle of wine so that's the bougie and then here's the basic twist off tap <laughs> oh couldn't hear it <laughs> Nice little pour. This is a $5 bottle of wine from Target. It is called <laughs> California Roots Cabernet. Um, I had the California Roots. Long story short is we ended up in Orlando with my my aunt and my cousin, my dad and my sister, and then me, Leah, and Paige. And uh, like we went out. Leah and I got there early. Like, let's, go out. Let's, let's go out and get some food. We're staying at, staying at an Airbnb. There was a Target down the road. I'm like, they're going to want something to drink. And like, they're not real like beer drinkers. So let me get a couple bottles of wine. And the, the selection at Target went from like a $15 bottle, which I was about to spend that much money, to a $5 bottle. Um, and there was nothing really in between. It was $15, $20 or up or these $5 bottles. So I bought two of these $5 bottles. The red blend was terrible. Uh, this California Roots Cab is drinkable. So hey, cheers. Cheers to drinkable. Cheers. All right. Now that you've heard from me, you know all. You know who our contestants are. You know what game we're playing. I'm going to go ahead and send it over to Future Me with the rules for tonight's game. Round one of the Foodie Trivia Tournament is broken up into three sections. Section number one is your pregame. The pregame is going to be 10 50-50 questions. Each contestant will get five. For each correct answer, they will get one point. They will not lose points for incorrect answers. Section two, each contestant is going to receive 10 questions. They can opt to go for either a three-point question or a two-point question. A three-point question means they will get the question and no multiple choice answers. If they opt for a two-point question, they will get the question along with four multiple choice answers. If they don't know the answer, they can opt to make either of these a one-point question. If you go from a three-point to a one-point question, you will be given four multiple-choice answers. If you go from a two-point to a one-point question, those four multiple-choice answers you have turn into two. Section three of the tournament is your standard wager round. Three questions, and they can wager any amount they have accumulated up to that point on those three questions. If they get a question right, they get the points. If they get the question wrong, they will lose the points. Now back to the game. 
All right. So you know the rules. We got three rounds of trivia. Asha, we spoke with you earlier in the game, and you opted to go first in the pregame. Here's how your pregame is going to go. I am going to give you the name of a cocktail, and then I'm going to you're basically you're going to you're going to be given two categories. Your categories are going to be gin or tequila. I'm going to give you the name of the cocktail. You tell me, does this cocktail have gin or tequila in it? Okay. Does that make sense? Indeed, it does. All right. Asha, we are starting off with you. Is this a gin or a tequila cocktail? You get margarita. <laughs> no. Sorry. It's actually gin and tonic, is the uh, question. <laughs> oh, great. Even better. Asha, you get. Nothing quite that simple. Your cocktail is called the Brave Bull. Um, let's say tequila. Uh, it is one part Kahlua, one lime cut into wedges, two tablespoons of granulated sugar, a table, a teaspoon of cinnamon, a, te- a, sorry, a half teaspoon of cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of cayenne pepper, and two parts tequila. Sweet. Correct answer. All right, Jeff, we're going over to you. Yours... Is going to be a corpse reviver number two. Oh gosh. Uh, I think the corpse reviver had gin in it, but I don't hold me to that. It's been a while since I've made one. I guess go I'll go with gin. Fuck it. Fine. A corpse reviver, the number two specifically is made uh it's absinthe to rinse. Right. Uh, Relay Blanc. Three-quarter ounce, three-quarter ounce orange liqueur, three-quarter ounce lemon juice, and then three-quarter ounce of dry gin. Gin is correct. All right. Each one for one so far. We've got a couple of alcoholics in the panel. <laughs> whoop, whoop. All right, Asha, going back to you, your cocktail is called a frostbite. Frostbite. Let's try gin. A frostbite is going to be made with... Blue curacao liqueur, a half ounce of white creme de cacao, a, thir- a half ounce of, of uh, cream, luxardo cherries, and then one and a half ounces of tequila. A frostbite is a tequila mm. drink. No points there, Asha. I'm sorry. Sorry. I knew once you said blue car- curacao that I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not to bury the lead, but with some of them, it's a little, yeah. All right. Jeff, yeah. Something you never get at home. Your drink is called the last word. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I actually think I've seen this cocktail in some of the books I have. Uh, I think it's gin again. I'm going to go with that. Uh, well, it is made with chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, lime juice, uh, cherry, and gin. Gin is a correct answer. All right. Jeff's got a 2 1 lead. Question number five goes to Asha. Asha, your drink is a Paloma. Tequila. A Paloma is tequila. Nicely done. So, not to bury the lead there, but a Paloma is made with tequila, grapefruit juice, club soda, lime juice, agave, nectar, or simple syrup. Uh, salt and ice, and this is actually a delightful drink. And one I've heard of. It's quite good. I, I don't, you like grapefruit juice usually, but that's like the one context I like it in. <laughs> I live in Florida, the grapefruit capital of the world. Grapefruits can just go to hell. They don't, none, they've never, <laughs> in no way, shape, or form does a grapefruit taste good. I've never said, oh my God, give me a grapefruit, unless it's my last words, or if I don't eat a grapefruit, I'm going to die. All right, Jeff, <laughs> going to you. Your cocktail is a passion cocktail. Gin. Passion cocktail is three ounces of cranberry juice, an ounce of lime juice, a splash of a brandy-based orange liqueur, lime slices to garnish, and two ounces of tequila. I've never heard of that drink. drink. <laughs> All right, Asha, he, you guys are uh, even right now. Your drink... For question number seven is Pim's Cup. Pim's Cup. 
was this in Ant-Man and the Wasp, do we think? Are they drinking <laughs> there sometime? Listen, I do not know. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't touch on it in the movies, but in the comic, Hank Pym's kind of a dick. And by kind of a dick, I mean a real dick. So yeah, probably <laughs> had a few of these at one point. Um, let's try gin again. A Pimp's Cup. It's lemon juice, ginger ale, uh, garnished with a cucumber slice, a sprint, uh, mint sprig, a strawberry, lemon wheel, orange wheel, and of course, two ounces of gin. That is a correct answer. Options up three, two. Jeff, we're going back to you. Your cocktail is ranch water. Isn't that just like that stuff that comes out of a can? <laughs> it is uh, actually a cocktail, too. <laughs> All right. Um, tequila. I don't know. Uh, well, it's made with uh, fresh lime juice, Topo Chico chilled, a lime wedge for garnish, and three ounces of tequila. Tequila's correct. All right. Three, three, if you go into your last two. Asha, your drink is a Tom Collins. Um, gin. Tom Collins is gin. Nicely done. Jeff, do you want to tell her what's in a Tom Collins? Or not tell her, but tell everyone what's in a Tom Collins? I think it's just gin and soda, but I think there might be some lime in there. Uh, lemon juice, uh, simple syrup, uh, club soda, and then uh, yeah, gin, then topped with either a lemon wheel or a cherry. Okay, right. But Asha gets the points. All right, Jeff, we're going back to you here. Your final pregame question is the Turf Club cocktail. Turf Club? Turf Club. That just sounds, never heard of it, but it sounds ginny. It's also kind of funny that Asha's last three are the only three that I've heard of in this whole thing. <laughs> Uh yeah, I think you're gonna say gin. Well, you used to have a little, but now you now you have a lot. It is still Ginny from the block. Gin is correct. It's a uh, gin, <laughs> dry vermouth, maraschino liqueur, absinthe, orange bitters, and a lemon twist. Sounds tasty. Haven't thought that any drink named Club would have gin in, <laughs> would have uh, tequila in it, right? Like it's just kind of not not a. It's a valid point. Fancy so ass. Liquor. <laughs> so the way I did the pregame, now that I'm it, I'll let you know. The way I do the pregame is I came up with thir- with uh sorry, with uh, eight drinks for each, and then I put them into a random number generator, sorted, and I pulled the top ten. So that's how it worked out. It ended up working out. I think we had the yeah, we had five and five, so not too bad. Coming out of our pregame, the score is tied four to four. Now, Asha, you chose first in round one. Jeff, you get to choose in round two. Do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go second. I kind of like the second seat. Right, Asha, you are going to go first right after this. Hey there, PTE Network listeners. Do you like fantasy sports? Pouring over stats and trash-talking your league as you take home the trophy? Do you dislike fantasy sports, have no idea what PPR is, and prefer to keep it that way? No matter how you answered those questions, this podcast is just for you. On draft days, we play fantasy sports, just without the sports. Instead of drafting athletes, we draft anything. Fictional dogs? Sure. New metal bands? Absolutely. Breakfast cereal? Why not? Everything is up for grabs as we try to build the best fantasy teams possible. The best part? I made up a bunch of rules that allow us to score points so someone gets to walk away the winner. Listen along as my guests and I have a few drinks and have a lot of fun building fantasy teams out of whatever we feel like. Starting this February, you can join me, your old pal Jeffy Donuts, every Wednesday for new episodes of Draft Days. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a pun. It's a beer pun. All right, Asha, you are going to go first here. Now, you get to choose. Do you want a three-point question or a two-point question? And do you want me to go over how this works, or are you okay? I think I'm all right. Let's start with a two-point. Ease my way into it. Ease our way in with a two-point question. The way a two-point question works, I'll read you the question. 
I will read you four possible answers. If you get it without uh, without the uh, the pull down or whatever you want to call it, the half off, you'll get two points. If you need the half off and you get it right, you get one point. Here, here is your two point question, Asha. In the southeastern United States, it's popular to drop salted peanuts into which of these types of cola? Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola, or RC Cola? Um, interesting. I had an idea, and then you threw another one in there that I kind of liked as well. Um, maybe I'll do the 50-50. Your 50-50, is it going to be Dr. Pepper or Coca-Cola? Oh, I should have just gone with it. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is correct for one point. That RC threw me off a little bit. I was like, well, maybe. <laughs> Royal Crown. Uh, I, when I threw Southeast in there, I'm like, well, maybe they'll go Dr. Pepper or Coke because it's, you know, they're both from the South. But hey, Asha picks up the one point. Jeff, do you want a three-point question or a two-point question? Um... Well, let's jack up a three. Jacking up a three-pointer. Here we go. A mixture of Campari, gin, sweet vermouth, and garnish with an orange peel is generally Negroni. known. And Negroni is correct. Let me finish reading the question. <laughs> Sorry, it's my old quiz bowl days coming in. <laughs> you drink a lot of Negroni playing quiz bowl, Jeff? <laughs> Uh, unfortunately not in high school, uh, might've, might've made me play a little bit better, but you know, <laughs> Negroni is a correct answer. Asha three points or two points. Um, let's go three. All right. You're going three. Uh, this is a fun yet somewhat common piece of trivia, but the Caesar salad originated in what large country in the Americas? Mexico. Mexico is a correct answer. All right. Asha picking up three points there. Jeff, where are we going? Uh, let's go three again. Going back to threes. What breakfast cereal used an ad campaign claiming, quote, it takes three bowls of special K to match the nutrition and one bowl of blank? Yes, the bowls and other cereals were used interchangeably in these ads. I feel like Raisin Bran used to do that crap because that just for some reason that's sticking in my brain right now. So I'm going to say Raisin Bran. Oh, Raisin Bran, unfortunately, is not a correct answer. Uh, I don't even see the cereal out there anymore. The cereal by the name of Total. That's what I was. Oh, guess. yeah. OK. Yeah. Now I remember that campaign better. Yeah. All right. Asha, three or two points. Um, Let's go three. All right, here is your three-point question. Crips Pink or Pink Lady is a cultivar of what type of fruit? Apple. Apple is a correct answer. See, I throw a science question in there. Ash, not to quite that apart. <laughs> Trying to trick me with all the fancy words. I am. I am. I had to learn how I had to Google how to pronounce cultivar. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, we're going over to you. Where do you want to go? Um, let's go three. Going for three again. What dish, widely considered to be the national dish of Mexico, generally has the colors of the Mexican flag and is traditionally served on the month of Mexico's independence? Oh. <laughs> um... Colors of Mexico's flag, so red, white, and green. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's those enchiladas that have uh, different sauces on them. I think that's mostly a northern Mexico slash sex mix thing. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to guess Aros con pollo. <laughs> Unfortunately not. You probably should have gone for a one-pointer. And turned it into a multiple choice because that's not one of your choices. Yeah. Um, your choices would have been chile and nogada, chilequiles, pozole, or ilotes. And the well, answer is chile and nogada. 
I still probably would have missed it because I would have guessed the other one, but I didn't know. (laughs) Chilaquiles. I knew chilaquiles, and I knew... uh, um, Chilaquiles are delicious. Elotes. Yes, they are. They're great hangover food. (laughs) Mexican food in general is a great hangover food. (laughs) And if you're you're drunk, Taco Bell works too, so hey. (laughs) Don't, you laugh. It's just nice to wake up in the morning and like shove some tortilla chips into a pan and be like, "That's my breakfast." <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that you're somehow hungover. No, no. The cure to a hangover is chugging a, a liquid IV before you go to bed. Wake up in the morning. Uber eats yourself some McDonald's. The greasier, the better. Eat that down. Go back to bed. You're gonna wake up feeling like a million bucks. I mark mark <laughs> my words. It works. All right, Austin, <laughs> where are we going here for question number four? Um, Re- let's go three again. It's a good thing I wrote a lot of three point questions. Here is yours. Actor turned politician from California, George Murphy, started a Senate tradition when he kept what type of food on his desk? Um, I'll need the one point. To turn multiple it into a one point question, your multiple choice options are apples, licorice, candy, or taffy. Hmm. Let's try licorice. Uh, no, unfortunately, it was a little candy jar he kept on his desk. So no points there. All right, Jeff, you can make up some ground here. Where do you want to go? Yeah, let's go with a three. I'm just going to keep jacking up threes. <laughs> I'm going to jack okay, up a three. That's, go. that's what we do at NC State. We just jack up threes while, while it's constantly not working. <laughs> I mean, have you seen us play basketball recently? I'm pretty sure y'all beat us by 20 last year. Let's not talk about <laughs> basketball, please. Oh, yeah. Y'all had a rough <laughs> year last year. <laughs> yeah. I think we played you in like the play-in tournament for the ACC. <laughs> Yes. Actually, we won that. Hey, we won one game last year. It was Louisville. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much everybody said that last year. All right, Jeff, here's your question. Including a recent theft where someone stole $22,000 of this food from a Dutch farm, what is the most stolen food in the world? (laughs) What? Um... Did you want the question again? Hang on. I'm trying to think of what Dutch people farm uh, other than tulips. Uh, tulips, not edible. Um, they are if you try hard enough. <laughs> or if you're a rabbit. Um, give me give me the multiple choice. All right. I'll read your question again, then give you your multiple choice. Including a recent theft where someone stole $22,000 of this food from a Dutch farm. What is the most stolen food in the world? Is it honey, maple syrup, eggs, or cheese? Well, I can't imagine maple syrup being at a Dutch farm. Um, Honey doesn't. Well, I had originally kind of thought maybe cheese, so I guess I'll say cheese. Cheese is a correct answer, although I will not have you besmirch the good name of hardworking Dutch syrup makers. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have maple trees in no. the Netherlands? <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, Asha. Uh, question five, three or two points for you today. Um, let's do two. We're going back to a two-pointer. Asha, which of these food byproducts can be used in place of blood plasma in an emergency? Is it orange juice, coconut water, tomato juice, or cactus water? Huh. Interesting. Were you pre-med at Louisville? I was not. Um, let's go coconut water. 
Coconut water is a correct answer for All two right. points. Nicely done. Thank you. Nice. Uh, so what? from what I remember on this one here, yes, it can be done, but, like, get to a hospital quick. Right. <laughs> Don't try it, <laughs> but you could try it. I wouldn't go to a kid's birthday party and try it, but, you know. <laughs> All right, Jeff, uh, your uh, question number five, where are we going? Uh, let's go three. This is my shocked face. <laughs> Here's your three-point question. What American fast food burger joint became the first to start serving breakfast back in the 1970s? Huh. Okay. Um, the difficulty of going with the one-point thing is that I'm reasonably certain I know what the four choices would be. And I'm arguing amongst them with myself right now. So going to one point does not help. Um, Four choices are. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I well. I kind of think it was Burger King, so I'm going to go with that. Unfortunately not, no. Always look towards the golden arches. It was McDonald's. It was McDonald's. I was. It was between McDonald's and Burger King. And... I would have said Burger King too. Yeah. All right. At the midpoint here of the game, Asha has got a fourteen to eight lead. Asha, back to you. Which uh, level point value are you going with for question number six? Two. Going back to a two-pointer. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Thanks to a wildly successful marketing campaign, you know that Red Bull gives you wings. But which of these is not a flavor of Red Bull? Watermelon, blueberry, nectarine, or banana? Yikes. Um, today I learned that Red Bull has flavors. Um, <laughs> let's go banana. Banana is correct for two points. Nicely done. Jeff, your question number six. I'll go with two. Going back to two. Little worms is the English translation for which of these types of pasta? Vermicelli, linguini, farfalle, or spaghetti? Well, let's see here. It's not linguini. It's not farfalle. Uh, was it vermicelli and spaghetti were the other two? Those are your other two. Well, Italian likes to do the etto eti thing as a diminutive. So I'm going to go with spaghetti. Spaghetti is correct. Using your language skills and deductive reasoning to get to a great answer. <laughs> I am impressed. I will text your wife and tell her how good you job, how good of a job you did there, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Asha. <laughs> question number seven. Where are we going? Um, let's try a three. Going back to three. Which candy bar produced by the Mars Company was called a marathon bar in England and Ireland for decades, but got its American name from the Mars family's horse? Snickers. Snickers is correct. <laughs> I should have known not to ask the, the person in horse country a question about horse <laughs> <laughs> so on Halloween, as the kids were walking out, I was like, have a great day. Have fun trick-or-treating. I like Reese's Cups. I like Snickers just to see who would bring me candy the next day. So I have a bag full of Snickers in my desk right now. That's awesome. <laughs> we, uh, my, we, took, we went to my in-laws, a little story time with Chris here. Went to my in-laws, this little, this little town in Central Florida called Fort Meade, Florida. Uh, and they do Halloween on whatever Saturday is before the 31st. So whatever that Saturday night is, is that town's Halloween. And they just get kids from every small town in the area that just kind of invade. That's cool. They went through like $200, $250 in candy in the wow. first hour and a half. And like it got to the point where we are like, okay, no one, someone hold page. We're just dumping her candy into the rest of the candy bowl. Like, we, can buy, <laughs> we can buy more. <laughs> 
she's three, she won't know. Keep give, keep a lollipop for her, but the rest can go. So, right. all right. Watch her picking up the points. Jeff, where are we going here? Uh, I got to go three. Got to go three. Here's your three-point question. Every 4th of July, competitive eaters from across the world gather at what U.S. landmark for Nathan's annual hot dog eating contest? What landmark? Don't they just landmark, do it on Coney not, Island? Not official landmark, but like what? It's it's a well known U.S. establishment. Coney Island, New York. Coney Island is correct. <laughs> I mean, your, your other options were going to be Navy Pier, Martha's Vineyard, or Fisherman's Wharf. So none of them are official landmarks. <laughs> but yes, you pedantic prick. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> None of those other things were even in New York. <laughs> I didn't say New York. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a, that's a well-known thing, right? That it's in New, that the, the the hot dog eating contest is in New York. You'd be surprised. We were in trivia at my work for people that work for me, and very few people knew the answer to that question. So huh, all right. I thought I'd throw it in here. All right, Asha, where are we going? Um, let's do two, please. Back to a two-pointer. Zocolatophobia, X-O-C-O-L-A-T-O-P-H-O-B-I-A, is the fear of which of these foods? Is it cocoa, cola, gum, or strawberries? And if you need me to spell that or read the question again, let me know. Yeah, will you spell it again, please? It's X-O-C-O-L-A-T-O-phobia, P-H-O-B-I-A. Huh. It's the fear of which of these foods, cocoa, cola, gum, or strawberries. Thing is, it has cola in the spelling. However, I think I'm going to go with gum. Uh, No, unfortunately... uh, uh, it's cocoa. It's a cocoa. Yep. I feel like that's a lot easier if you pronounce the word properly. <laughs> X-O-C-O- Isn't that pronounced chocolatophobia? Uh, the pronunciation guy I looked up online had it as like a Z. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I guess I've always heard that the X in that word pronounced sh. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you got- I thought it was a trick. Going three. Jacking up another three. Let's see how this strategy works for you. Mainly using their salad bars, what restaurant was the world's largest purchaser of kale prior to 2012? I mean, if you're going to make a crack about salad bars, it's got to be Ruby Tuesdays, right? It is not. It was used as decoration in the salad bars for Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut Isn't had that salad crazy? Bars. They used to. They did, did not know Pizza Hut had salad bars. They did. I... Yeah, they still. A lot of them still do, actually. Huh. Okay. <laughs> actually, the last one I went to that had a salad bar, Asha, was near. Uh, um, oh, what what distillery? Wild Turkey. It was near the Wild Turkey Distillery, and four guys my size walked into that all-you-can-eat buffet and salad <laughs> bar, and they looked and said, "Yeah." It's going to be a minute. <laughs> All right. We are on to question number nine. Asha, where are we going? Um, Let's do another two, please. Back to two. Which of these fruits uses the bounce test to see if it's ripe? This means that if you drop it from a reasonable height and the fruit bounces, it is ripe and ready for consumption. Is it a lime? A lemon, a blueberry, or a cranberry? Hmm. I feel like... Can I get the multiple choice part, please? You want to bring it, down the, to bring it down to one, yeah. All right, which of these fruits uses the bounce test to see if it's ripe? That means that if you drop it from a reasonable height and the fruit bounces, it is ripe and ready for consumption. Is it a lime or a cranberry? Um, Cranberry? Cranberry is correct for one point. All right, Jeff, over to you, sir. Where are we going? I'll just get a two. Jeff, 
Which of these is the name of a mega milkshake covered with outlandish toppings that have previously included whole donuts, brownies, and entire pieces of cake? Is it a king shake, a shake quake, a monster cake, or freak shake? Should have gone three. Um, knock me down to 50 50. I've got no clue here. All right. Which of these is the name of a mega milkshake covered with outlandish toppings that have previously included whole donuts, brownies, entire, and entire slices of cake? Is it a shake quake or a freak shake? I'm going to go with shake quake. It was my initial instinct, and it's still there. So, uh, Unfortunately not. It's a freak shake. Freak shake. There's a, an entire – it's a giant thing right now. There's restaurants all over the U.S. serving these, these monstrosities of caloric intake. I have I have not been to one of these restaurants. Clearly, <laughs> I've never heard of this. <laughs> Asha, where would you like to go now? Um, let's do a three. Asha, director William Friedkin would explain the process of using a small rubber tube run up the side of Linda Blair's head for the vomit scenes in The Exorcist. Which type of soup was used to substitute for vomit? <laughs> Oh my god, I just heard this on a different podcast the other day. Um, There's a lot pea of- soup? Like split pea soup? Split pea soup is a correct answer wow. from right downtown. <laughs> Jeff, did you know that one? I, I knew it when she said it. I, okay. I wouldn't have been able to pull it without that. <laughs> All right, Jeff, where are we going? Uh, I'm going to jack up a three. <laughs> Jack so far behind, I might as well try. (laughs) Here's your three-point question. What fast food restaurant has a quote-unquote not-so-secret menu with items such as animal-style burgers and fries, a four-by-four, and and a (laughs) three-by-three? I I was not impressed by In-N-Out, honestly. When I went out to the Southwest and uh, to Arizona and California where they have them, I was like, give me five guys. In and out's just kind of like a mediocre version of Five Guys. Now, Five Guys is too greasy. It's too greasy. <laughs> it's the grease that makes fast food good, Chris. <laughs> no, 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 no. You get yourself a Whataburger burger. They're not greasy. They're really well done. Whataburger is the best fast food burger you're going to get. In and out is good quality. It's good quality. It's not amazing. It's not the best thing in the world, but like, if I'm passing in a doubt or many other fast food restaurants, and I don't do that in Florida because they're not freaking here, I'm going to Asha weigh in here. Give me your opinion while I tally up fours. I've only had it once. It was fine. I don't dislike it. I'd go there again. It was it was fine. Chris, have we done a fast food bracket? I feel like now we need to do a fast food bracket. <laughs> I'm 100% open to do a fast food bracket. I've got a mini bracket where it's the best McDonald's menu item that's not french fries because, like... It's French fries, sausage oh, and McGriddle. Mean, that would be it'd be the sausage and muffin with egg, and nothing else even comes close. The French fries do, and it's the bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddle. <laughs> the sausage McGriddle kind of, they merge together in like a sausage McGriddle frenzy that I just that my taste buds just can't get But the bacon, the bacon, that crispiness with the McGriddle. Mwah! Oh my god, we spent way too much time talking about food. I am hungry. <laughs> all right we are out of our main game we are heading into round three which is your wager round before we get to round three let's go ahead and give you a word from our sponsors hey there pte network listeners do you like fantasy sports pouring over stats and trash talking your league as you take home the trophy do you dislike fantasy sports have no idea what ppr is and prefer to keep it that way No matter how you answered those questions, this podcast is just for you. On draft days, we play fantasy sports, just without the sports. Instead of drafting athletes, we draft anything. Fictional dogs? Sure. New metal bands? Absolutely. Breakfast cereal? Why not? Everything is up for grabs as we try to build the best fantasy teams possible. The best part? I made up a bunch of rules that allow us to score points, so someone gets to walk away the winner. Listen along as my guests and I have a few drinks and have a lot of fun building fantasy teams out of whatever we feel like. Starting this February, you can join me, your old pal Jeffy Donuts, every Wednesday for new episodes of Draft Days. That's 
D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a pun. It's a beer pun. All right, we are here in round three. Your scores currently sit. Jeff has 16 points. Asha sitting at 23 points. It is anybody's game. In round three, you're going to wager the points that you've accumulated up till this point on these three categories. If you get the question right, you'll get the points. If you get the question wrong, you will lose the points. The only rules, and I can't believe I have to say them, you must wager whole numbers only. No decimals, no fractions. Don't make me do more math than I have to. Number two, y'all cannot wager negative points. Whole into positive integers only, please. And then you can break your wages up however you want. You can go all in. You can wager zero. That's fine. But you can't. Your total wager between your three point three questions cannot exceed the total amount of points you have right now. Go ahead and lock in your wagers when you're ready. Uh, need the categories, bro. I was just gonna say, um, are there categories? What your categories are? <laughs> your categories are gonna be religious food practices. Food science and decades. Religious food practices, food science, and decades. Go ahead and lock in your wagers when you're ready. All right. Our contestants have locked in their wagers. Here we go. Question number one. Your category is religious food practices. Here is your question. In the United Kingdom, what breakfast item is traditionally consumed on Shrove Day, the day before Ash Wednesday, because eggs, sugar, and fat are commonly forbidden during a Lenten fast, and they don't want these items to go to waste? In the United Kingdom, which breakfast item is traditionally consumed on Shrove Day, the day before Ash Wednesday, because eggs, sugar, and fat are commonly forbidden during a Lenten fast, and they don't want these items to go to waste. Chris, I'm locked in. Yeah, I can be locked in too. All right, question number two. Your category is food science. The egg, and more precisely the egg yolk, is a vitamin-rich food that contains all the vitamins except one. What water-soluble vitamin that double Nobel laureate Linus Pauling recommended microdosing is not present in eggs? The egg, and more precisely the egg yolk, is a vitamin-rich food that contains all vitamins except one. What water-soluble vitamin that double Nobel laureate Linus Pauling recommended microdosing is not present in eggs. I'm going to lock in and my boss at work who is a nutritionist would absolutely kill me for this. Um, I can lock in too. All right. Question number three is a decades question. In which decade did these events happen? The first fast food restaurant, White Castle, opened in Kansas. The first frozen food was introduced, and the following products made their debut. Hot chocolate, Reese's peanut butter cups, and the Yoohoo chocolate drink. Obviously, there was a massive increase in the use of confectionery sugar during this decade. Locked in. I'm locked in. All right, everyone is locked in. We're going to go question by question through this. Question number one, the category was religious food practices. In the United Kingdom, what breakfast item is traditionally consumed on Shrove Day, the day before Ash Wednesday, because eggs, sugar, and fat are commonly forbidden during a Lenten fast, and they don't want these items to go to waste? Jeff, what is your answer and your wager? Well, I've always heard of uh, pancake breakfast on the day before Ash Wednesday, so I went with pancakes, uh, and I bet nine. 
Asha, your answer and your wager. I bet one, and I also said pancakes. Pancakes is a correct answer. Jeff picking up nine there. Dang. Puts him at 25 points. Asha picking up one puts her at 24. Question number two, your category was food science. The egg, and more precisely the egg yolk, is a vitamin-rich food that contains all vitamins except one. What water-soluble vitamin that double Nobel laureate Linus Pauling recommended microdosing is not present in eggs? Asha, your answer and your wager. I bet one, and I said vitamin C. Jeff, your answer and your wager. Uh, I bet four, and this is the uh, the one that my boss would kill me for because I have no freaking clue. I just said niacin. Your correct answer. As we grow old, we remember <laughs> all the time we had. To... Jeff, you have no idea what that song is? No. That is former hip-hop artist Vitamin C. <laughs> Everyone's graduation song for the next 20 years. Vitamin C is a correct answer. That's fine. Asha got it right away, by the way. <laughs> and I are like the same. Asha, you're going to pick up one there, bringing your total of 25. Jeff, you're losing four, bringing you down to 21 points. It's anybody's game going into the final question. The category was decades. In what decade did these events happen? The first fast food restaurant, White Castle, opened in Kansas. The first frozen food was introduced, and the following products made their debut. Hot chocolate, Reese's peanut butter cups, and YooHoo chocolate drink. Obviously, there was a, a big increase in the use of confectionery sugar in this decade. Jeff, what was your answer for the decade, and what was your wager? Well, uh, I know that White Castle's 100th anniversary was around this time at some point, either recently or just a few years ago. I felt like that meant I had a choice between the 1910s and the 1920s. And uh, I figured a, a decade where people were inventing a bunch of new crap to take the place of alcohol made the most sense. So I went with the 1920s. Asha, your answer and your wager. Well, White Castle having a 100th anniversary was not knowledge that I possessed. I wager two, and I said the 1930s. We do have a correct answer, and Jeff's logic is actually spot on. Uh, prohibition drove a huge increase in the use of confectionery sugar. A lot of those items were used as alcohol substitutes. The 1920s is a correct answer. Well done. And that means, Jeff, you're going to pick up a one-point win tonight, 24 to 23. Nice game to play. Nice job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, actually. I went way too conservative, I uh, guess. My yeah, well, I, I figured I needed to bet everything. <laughs> so I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so I'm looking I at the I was scores up. here. How much did he bet on this one? Down by five. You one? lost two, and I lost, th and I gained three. So, no, I was only. Or were you the up last four? time? It was, it was before the last question. It was twenty-five twenty-one. Oh, okay. Then you, the, okay, then that makes sense. All right. Yeah, I, I yeah. apparently had just scrambled my own brains there. <laughs> Like an egg, which does not have vitamin C, Jeff. <laughs> right. Apparently not. Who knew? Also knew. <laughs> that was just a lucky guess. I was debating between calcium and vitamin C and just figured it might be vitamin C. A good guess, yeah. Asha. Both of you, uh, you're the first two to play test this game. Honestly, had no idea how this was going to go going in. Did you have fun tonight? Absolutely. Yeah, it's oh. always, always a fun time. Well, Jeff, we will see you in the next round of the tournament. Asha, my friend, it's always my it's always a pleasure hanging out with you. Um, Thank you. I think we talked on the episode that we recorded last. We've got to still got to pop your boozy cherry, so that is coming up. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> maybe for a McDonald's food bracket. Yes, because I heard Jarrell's opinions, and you're wrong. <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we go, let's give our, our contestants one last time to give themselves a shout out or shout out anything they want. Asha from Louisville, what uh, what are you passionate about? What do you want our listeners to know or to consider uh, thinking about in the coming months? Um, I don't know. It's getting colder, so make sure that if you can, you're doing something nice for people who are less fortunate. Donate coats, donate food. I don't know. Something nice. <laughs> That's a great idea. I mean, we don't yeah. have any coats in Florida, but it's a great idea. Uh, we have coats here, so... Not today, because it was warm, but in general. <laughs> Jeff, this time of you? year is very cold. Yeah, I've nothing to add to that. Um, I don't know. By the time this uh, this airs, it won't be election day tomorrow anymore. So um, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, go vote in your next election. Um, yeah, and you know, if you can volunteer at a food bank or a soup kitchen or something, it's, a, it's always a good way to help out. I had a uh, an opportunity through work to do some volunteer event at uh, one of the local food banks. And I didn't actually work in the food bank itself. They have this giant warehouse downtown where they just bring people in. And you just sort food, put them on pallets, and get them ready to go on the truck. Y'all, like I told my boss after I got out of, work, out of this event, we were there for four hours. I was a mess. I was sweaty. I was dirty. And I, had just, I, I felt good. I told my boss, I'm like, I don't care what I've done for you in the last five years. This was the most value-added work I've done. It felt so good. So, Jeff, I, I 100% echo that sentiment. It's uh, totally worth doing. A lot of people out there, especially coming to this time of year, need a little bit of help one way or another. If you have the, the means to do so, help them. If it means that you don't, yeah, hell, if it means that you don't do uh, our Patreon that month and you want to give that that 10 bucks a month to a charity, I 100%, I, I love it, do it. You have my blessing. But, uh, You've heard enough from us tonight. We had a good time. We hope you had a good time listening to this. We'll see you next week with the next episode of the Foodie Trivia Tournament for the Pub Trivia Experience. Hold up. Back it up. Check the show notes for all of our fun information, our our Discord, our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. But uh, all that stuff is right there in the show notes. For the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Chris. I've been Asha. And I've been Jeff. And we'll see you next time. Until then, have a good one.